Hello, welcome to episode 44 in the CMS Pension Lawcast series. I'm Jennifer Bell, a partner in the CMS Pensions team, and I'm joined by Senior Associate Chris Ransom and Associate Katie Becker. Today, we'll be discussing pension dashboards. This topic has many facets, so our aim today is to bring out some of the key points in the initial guidance from the pensions regulator and consider what trustees need to think about at this stage. I should point out that we're looking at the July version of the guidance. TPR has said that it will be further updated once both the final regulations are in force and the standards have been issued by the Money and Pension Service, MAPS. So first, an overview. What are pension dashboards? Dashboards are intended to allow individuals to see their pension information in one place through a secure online digital platform. They'll help to reunite people with any lost or forgotten pension pots. They'll also give people an idea of the value of the pensions that they've built to date and an estimated value of those pensions at retirement age. The legislation and regulations put specific legal duties on trustees. These include, first, registering your scheme with MAPS and connecting to the dashboard ecosystem by your specific staging deadline. Second, receiving personal information on individuals and attempting to match those individuals to your pension records. Third, where there is a match, providing view data to members through the dashboard. And fourth, generally cooperating with MAPS when preparing to connect and on an ongoing basis by maintaining records and reporting certain information. TPR also comments on working with advisors and providers. Trustees will need to work with several organisations to get successfully connected to the dashboard ecosystem. This will probably include your administrator, software provider, actuary and legal advisors, possibly also employers and AVC providers. But TPR emphasises that the dashboard duties sit with trustees and scheme managers. So while you can use third parties to help you meet your duties, you will ultimately remain accountable for connecting to the ecosystem on time and remaining compliant with the requirements. Section two in the guidance then looks at timing. Connection to the dashboard will be staggered. The number of relevant members and the type of benefits provided by a scheme will determine that scheme's relevant staging deadline. Relevant members are active and deferred members and pension credit members, so not including pensioners. And the number is determined as at the scheme year end date that falls in the period from 1st April 2020 to the end of March 2021. Trustees will have to register with MAPS and connect to the dashboard ecosystem by their applicable staging deadline. It's worth bearing in mind that this deadline will apply to the whole scheme. So if your scheme has multiple sections, then these all need to be connected by the same deadline. Also, your staging deadline won't change if your scheme changes size, unless you fall out of the requirements entirely, for example, if all members become pensioners. The TPR guidance and the dashboard regulations set out a table of the staging deadlines for various types of scheme. To give you an idea of timescales, the first schemes to connect will be the largest master trusts from the end of August 2023, 
and then large DC schemes used for auto-enrolment from the end of September 2023. The first DB schemes to stage are those with 20,000 or more relevant members, and their deadline is end November 2023. There's then a staggered timetable through to the smallest schemes with 100 to 124 members, whose staging deadline is end October 2025. Schemes with less than 100 relevant members are not currently within the scope of the regulations, although they can apply to connect on a voluntary basis. It's also possible for schemes to decide to connect earlier than their staging deadline. For example, if a corporate group operates multiple schemes with a single administrator, it may be more convenient to all stage together. There's guidance on early connection for anyone who's interested in looking into that in more detail. It may also be possible to delay your staging deadline, but the circumstances in which that's available are extremely limited and linked to changes in administrator. I'm now going to pass on to Chris, We'll be looking at how to connect to the dashboard ecosystem and the matching process. Thanks Jenny. Now there will be important decisions for trustees to make about how to connect. A digital interface will be needed and there are essentially three different routes to choose from. Use an interface built by the scheme's third-party administrator or software or IT supplier. Build your own interface if the scheme is administered in-house or use an interface provided by a third-party integrated service provider or ISP. Each scheme will have its own specific requirements, meaning that the trustees may be more directed towards a particular connection solution over another. The pensions regulator expects trustees to start talking to the scheme administrators and any software or IT suppliers involved to understand what their plans are for connecting and assess how well prepared they are for this process. Trustees will still need to decide which route best meets their dashboard requirements. In most cases, schemes will look to align the administrators to help them make the best decision. The regulator's guidance reinforces that connecting to the dashboard system will represent a significant undertaking for many schemes. Building a bespoke digital interface is unlikely to be suitable or cost effective for many. The regulator is already encouraging schemes considering connecting directly to register their interest with MAPS as soon as possible. This is because of the additional time that will be involved for them to demonstrate and provide evidence of compliance with the standards set by MAPS. Though a software or IT supplier or third-party ISP will be used, the regulator also expects schemes to have in place robust processes for the selection, appointment, management and replacement of those suppliers. Existing contracts are likely to need reviewing, as well as to ensure appropriate contractual protections and liability provisions are in place. New contracts may also be needed. No matter how schemes are planning on connecting, the regulator is encouraging trustees to start familiarising themselves with the pensions dashboards programme's connection process and have all the necessary information and support in place to connect. Connection to the dashboard ecosystem will enable schemes to receive personal data on members, use this data to find members' pensions in their records and provide pension information to members via the dashboard system. Maps will need to keep track of each scheme's intending to connect to the dashboard's ecosystem. All trustees will need to register their scheme with MAPS's governance register. The regulator's guidance provides more detail about this registration process and what information will need to be supplied. During the dashboard's journey, MAPS may ask questions about the scheme's connection. Trustees must cooperate with such requests and let MAPS know if they face or are likely to face any barriers or other connection issues. Now, 
The regulator's guidance also makes clear that the dashboard journey for trustees does not end at the point at which the scheme first connects. Once connected, it will be the trustee's responsibility to ensure that the scheme remains connected with limited exceptions. Failure to comply with MAPS's standards or requests could lead to the scheme being automatically disconnected or enforcement action being taken. Where downtime is planned, such as for maintenance work, MAPS will need to be notified. MAPS will also need to be notified as soon as possible if the scheme disconnects for any other reason. Schemes will also need to make sure their systems remain up to date to take into account any changes to MAPS's standards over time. Changes to their registration information will also need to be recorded on MAPS's governance register. Certain reporting and record keeping requirements, which are also covered in the regulator's guidance, will also need to be complied with. This will enable MAPS to monitor the scheme's compliance with the legal requirements and monitor the system's performance. Moving on to matching, being able to match the right person to the correct pension is central to the whole dashboard project being a success. When a member uses a pensions dashboard, they'll be asked to input certain data. The first name and last name, date of birth and current address will be independently verified by an identity service before a find request is issued to all pension schemes. Members are also encouraged to input other data which will not be independently verified, but which might help find records. This could include a national insurance number, previous last name, previous address, email address and or mobile telephone number. Schemes will therefore receive personal data as part of the matching process and trustees will need to be confident that the member is who they say they are. Finding a match enables a unique pension identifier to be created. Once recorded, this then allows the member to ask to view their information, which the scheme can then provide directly to the dashboard. But what if only a partial match or no match at all is returned? Well, helpfully, the regulator's guidance offers help as to what schemes should do in those circumstances, and it's worth consulting. For the matching process to work effectively, the quality of the data held by pension schemes will be key. Data must be accurate and digitally searchable. The guidance recommends that a plan is put in place to help improve data and or digitise this data if needed. If a scheme's data is not accurate, there is a risk of returning data for the wrong person and not finding the pension record when it should. Either of these outcomes would involve a breach, either of GDPR or the dashboard requirements. to remember is that trustees will be responsible for setting their own matching criteria and will need to document this. But how should schemes go about doing this? Well, MAPS has published a data usage guide which might help trustees determine what criteria to use. Understanding the quality of the scheme's data will also help to inform the trustees' decisions here. The regulator therefore expects schemes to audit their data and speak with administrators and other advisors to determine the most suitable data items for the scheme to use. Fundamentally, Trustees need to be confident in the accuracy of the data, which will be used for matching purposes. Helpfully, PASA has also published data matching convention guidance, which trustees may also wish to consult. One final point before I hand over to Katie is that matching, combining or comparing data for multiple sources requires a data protection impact assessment or DPIA under the UK GDPR. A DPIA will therefore need to be produced if the scheme does not already have one, or an existing DPIA may need updating. Now, over to Katie to talk about what information schemes will need to provide to members. Thanks, Chris. The purpose behind the dashboards is to provide a central space for individuals to view their collated pensions data. The data that schemes have to provide to members via the pensions dashboards is called view data in the regulations. So what is view data? 
view data is split in the regulations into three distinct categories. The first is administrative data. This includes information about the pension scheme, such as its name and a description of the nature of the benefits offered, information about the scheme's administrator, including contact details, and finally, information about the employment that gave rise to the pension, if that's available, including the employer's name. The second category is signpost data, which includes information on the costs and charges borne by members for DC schemes, the scheme's statement of investment principles, and the scheme's implementation statement. The trustees or managers must provide a website address to where this data can be accessed. And finally, the third category is called value data. This data is the information on pension values, covering how much pension the member has already built up, as well as a projection of how much they may have when they retire. Please note, however, that some schemes can seek an exemption from this final requirement. For the first and second categories of data, being administrative and signpost data, these must be provided immediately after a view request is received. Value data will also need to be returned immediately if it is based on a statement provided to a member in the last 13 months or on a calculation made for a member in the last 12 months. If neither of these are the case, then the trustees and managers have either three working days to return value data where all benefits are DC benefits or 10 working days in all other cases such as DB or hybrid benefits. There are also completely different requirements for new members. Of the three categories, value data has the most complexity in terms of figuring out just what data to provide, as there are different requirements depending on the benefit or member type in question. For instance, for DC benefits, the pot and annual income will require to be produced for the accrued value of the benefits. Pot is only if held. Comparatively, for active DB benefits, including those relating to public service, only the annual income needs to be provided for both the accrued and projected values. For hybrid benefits, only one set of values needs to be returned, depending on which of DB or DC you consider best represents the member's benefits. There's a useful table within the pensions regulator guidance, which displays the different requirements for the different members in more detail. In addition, contextual information requires to be provided to assist members in understanding what they're looking at. This includes whether there are other benefits like a spouse's pension attached to the pension. So given the short turnaround for providing value data, it's important that trustees and managers have at this stage audited their data, considered where their current data could be improved and where changes in their systems or processes need to be made. When a request is made, trustees and managers not only need to ensure that the data is digitized so that it can be returned in the proper fashion, but they will also need to ensure that the values are accurate, calculated in line with legal requirements, and are sufficiently recent. This means that the value should not be older than those provided in a benefit statement in the preceding 13 months or from a calculation for a member within the last 12 months. If there is no up-to-date data available, trustees and managers will need to decide how they're going to obtain it. The pensions regulator suggests that it may be efficient to put in place a process to revalue deferred pensions annually, 
or perhaps automate the calculation of values in the scheme's administration system. This is something that should be discussed with the scheme's administrators and other advisors. With regards to the calculation of value data, this varies depending on the type of value that requires to be calculated. Trustees and managers also need to take into account various alterations to the requirement to provide these values. For instance, for DC values, a projected value does not need to be provided in a number of situations, but particularly where the member is within two years of retirement. For DB values, a simplified calculation can be provided for the first two years of being connected, if providing a value in line with scheme rules would be either disproportionately expensive or take too long, and the trustees are confident that the alternative value provided would not be misleading. And for schemes in PPF assessment or in wind-up, the provision of data is entirely different. If a scheme or a section of the scheme goes into PPF assessment after connection has occurred, connection needs to remain but trustees or managers must not provide value information to the members concerned. Instead, they have to provide messaging confirming that the scheme or section of the scheme is in PPF assessment. Schemes in wind-up comparatively need to connect, but only need to provide value information to members if they consider it appropriate. So back over to Jenny. Thanks, Katie. A question. Given the amount of work required to comply with the requirements, it's possible that schemes may miss their deadline or otherwise fail to comply with the requirements. Could you tell us a bit about who governs compliance by occupational pension scheme trustees and what powers they have? Absolutely, Jenny. The pensions regulator governs compliance here and has a number of powers where trustees or managers fail to comply with the pensions dashboard's requirements. This includes having the power to issue compliance notices and penalties not only to trustees and managers, but also to third parties where they've caused non-compliance, including administrators and ISPs. The regulations also set out penalty limits of up to £5,000 for individuals and up to £50,000 in other cases for just a single compliance breach. These are at the pensions regulator's discretion, meaning it could very well decide not to issue them, and the pensions regulator does recognise in their guidance that delivery of pensions dashboards is a huge challenge for the industry, so they will look to use their powers fairly and proportionately. It is also important to note that these powers sit alongside the pensions regulator's other subsisting powers to, for instance, request information or suspend trustees. So there's quite a lot to take account of here. Thanks, Katie. And Chris, a question for you. Given the various requirements that trustees need to comply with, what steps would we recommend that trustees be taking now to get this process started? Yes, Jenny, there's plenty that trustees can be doing right now. First things first, trustees need to understand where their staging deadline is. Planning for their dashboard journey can then properly begin. Early planning will be vital and the regulator's guidance includes a helpful checklist for schemes to work out what the key actions and work streams are likely to be. Ensuring proper governance processes are in place will also be key. For most schemes, their staging deadline will be some time away. However, trustees should start thinking about including dashboard readiness as a standing agenda item for trustee board meetings now. That way, meaningful discussions about the scheme's dashboard journey can start taking place with the administrators and other advisors. For example, about how to connect, how to address any data related issues and what scheme documentation or contracts will need reviewing. 
Once trustees have understood when the scheme's staging deadline will be and how it will connect to the dashboard, thought can also be given to constructing a project plan with key milestones. The plan can then be revisited as the project progresses and updated as necessary. Given the number of decisions that are likely to be required, it's unlikely to be appropriate for the full trustee board to take every decision. Trustee boards may therefore want to start thinking about what delegation arrangements they might want to put in place. Key decisions could, for example, be taken by a trustee subgroup or the subcommittee instead. Trustees may also want to think about recording the roles and responsibilities of each of the key parties involved in the dashboard project. Invariably, much of the work involved will be delegated to the administrators, but trustees need to be clear about who will be doing what, even though we will retain overall responsibility for compliance with the dashboard requirements. So as I say, there is plenty for trustees to start thinking about now. Thanks, Chris, and thanks, Katie. For further information on dashboards and the top actions for trustees, why not have a look at our dashboard flyer, which can be found on the CMS website and in our new app, CMS Pensions Law Appraised. Thank you very much for listening. Our next episode will be released in December when colleagues will be reflecting on what next year may bring.